welcome to Amplify Your Potential podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Asya Ghazi, and I'm excited that you're here today. Well, you know, here's what I'm excited about. I strongly believe that everybody has the ability to magnify their potential, to amplify that into who they want to be. And that's what this podcast is about. Short and simple. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> but no, there's more to this episode. We didn't finish it yet. But this is basically what my first episode here is about. It's to tell you a little bit about my podcast and why I started it. And, you know, pretty much giving you a story behind it because I think everything has a story. Nothing here doesn't have a story behind it, you know? Um, and so I created this podcast because I'm working on myself. Frankly, each and every day, I'm learning new things. I'm trying to learn more ways of being the leader that I want to be, to, to be the person that I want to be. And while I'm on this journey, I want to have you all on it with me. It's not to say that I haven't been working on myself. I have been for the last 12 years. I have highly, highly worked on myself to the point where, you know, the person I am now, I wasn't 10 years ago. How many of you could say that? If you were to look back at who you were, and really kind of consider the idea of, you know, probably like, let's say five years ago. Okay, five years ago, you were a certain type of person. Maybe you were doing certain things. Maybe you would stay up late, party. Maybe you didn't really care about finances. Maybe you didn't care about responsibilities, you know, things of that nature. And then all of a sudden, something happened in your life. Something big and drastic happened. And then you're like, wait a minute, this changes the trajectory of where I'm at and who I'm going to be because I need to work on changing myself to improve my life. And a lot of times we go through that. We all go through something in our life, something happens, and then we're like, well, we need to improve the way that we are. We need to think about what we can do to really amplify ourselves, especially for those of us who have been told that we're not good enough. Oh, no, no, no. You're not good enough. You can't do this. There's no way you could do it. Well, if you're telling me I can't do something and I believe you, then I haven't magnified my potential. I've actually decided to dim myself further because that's what other people have told me to do. And I will tell you that that's what happened to me. When I was young, when I was young, I was like maybe five years old and I started elementary school, I was constantly made fun of from that age. And when I was made fun of, you know, I really... I never looked at myself in a in a positive way. I was never confident about myself. I didn't have the best self-esteem. I remember as I got older and and you know, I was in my teens, I was still made fun of a lot. I didn't really have much of a social life. I had like two or three friends um, you know, within my social circle that I hung out with or I got to see and even they didn't really work out, unfortunately. Um at the end, you know, I, I kind of realized that the friendship wasn't going where it was going to, where I wanted it to have gone, where I would have hoped to have it gone, you know, right? Because I expected a lot from people. So some of the things that I've learned, um, you know, is to not expect too much from others. And, and I did that. I was a people pleaser. And I remember as I got into college, I was always doing things to please other people, to help, you know, to make other people, you know, like me and want to be friends with me and want to be around me. And so people would take advantage of that. I had a lot of these issues where people would take advantage of me because I was too nice to them. I wanted to make everybody like me. I didn't, I don't, I didn't like, and I still don't like it when a person doesn't like me, but now I don't people please anybody. 
You know, I, I've learned to set boundaries, which was something that even 10 years ago, I wasn't doing setting boundaries, taking better care of myself. Well, I mean, and that's still something I'm working on. My sleep still needs to have work and I need to do a little bit more work in regards to like how I react to things, right? Because I can get stressed out very easily. And I'm sure if you're, you know, if you could relate to that and you're listening to this, you're probably going, yeah, I get stressed out a lot too. That's something I'm trying to change, right? And so we're all trying to change that together. That's why this podcast is here. I created this podcast because I'm working on myself each and every day. And as much as I worked on myself and improved in a lot of areas, there's still a lot of things that I'm working on to improve further. And I want you on that journey because I want you to not only learn from what I've learned, but also to learn from the people that I'm going to be interviewing, the people that I'm going to be having conversations with. Actually, let me go back. I'm not interviewing anybody. I will be having conversations because um, I know a lot of people, they like to do podcasts. They love to have um, the idea of interviewing people. Well, let me have a guest and I'm going to ask them questions and interview them. I'd rather say that they're conversations because yes, I do ask questions, but it's more of I'm conversating with you. And naturally, when you're conversating with somebody, you ask questions and you want to get kind of deeper into that. And that's really what I'm doing in this podcast. I love it. I mean, I love speaking to people and getting to know them. I'm an introvert, by the way, which is funny because when I said I love speaking to people, I do. But being an introvert is different. It's not the same thing. So for those of you going, well, if you're an introvert, why are you doing a podcast and you like to talk to people? You're an extrovert. No. An extrovert is somebody that gets energy from being around a lot of people at once. So they're out there socializing. They, they're they all over the place. They love it. This is how they get their energy. They love to be out and about, and they love to, to, to be around people all the time. Not to say an introvert doesn't. An introvert likes to be around people, but they're more one-on-one. I like to be with my friends, but I like small little tiny groups of maybe two or three people that I know or one-on-ones because for introverts... Their energy comes from having that small little tiny group of intimate, close relationships. Um, They get a lot of energy from just having one-on-one conversations with somebody that they really love and care about. And, and, or even if they, if it's not something they know very well, but they're having a really great conversation that helps them to feed off that energy. So an introvert will come back and go, okay, I'm ready to, you know, go after this. I'm ready to do this. But introverts are like that. It's the energy. It's not about how we socialize because introverts will talk a lot. Here I am talking a lot. <laughs> introverts will definitely, I, and I know a lot of people who are introverts, just like me, and we all talk a lot. Like we have so much to say. But when it comes to socializing in big groups, when it comes to parties and being in the limelight, we stay away from that. And our energy comes from just being with someone at an intimate level. When I say intimate, I'm saying, you know, two friends getting to just talk over a nice cup of coffee or dinner or, you know, doing something fun together because that's what you're doing when you're building relationships. You're you're getting to know each other, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a romantic relationship, it's the same thing. That one-on-one time is there to help you to feed off that energy. So you come back more energized. That's an introvert. For, For an extrovert, they come back from a party, they're energized. They're like, I know what I'm doing, X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. But an introvert gets tired when they socialize with a lot of people at once, they come back and their energy is drained. And then they, they kind of low, low key stay away from people for a couple of days. Um, That's me. (laughs) Low key stay away from people for a few days, rest up, get your energy back. And once your energy is back, because that's another thing, introverts can also get energy when they're by themselves. So 
a lot of times, a lot of people don't understand what introversion and extroversion is. And that's pretty much what it is. So I am an extrovert, but I love to talk to people and I love to know what, what they're doing and what they're learning. And that's what I'm bringing into this podcast. You know, I'm not trying to make this podcast about introversion and extroversion. I just wanted to mention that because I've had people come up to me literally say, oh, you're such an extrovert because I talk and I'm looking at them like, no, I'm not. I'm an introvert. And I know that because I I feel really uncomfortable being here in this group right now, but I don't want to be mean and say it. So I have to adjust it. I adjust myself to be more open towards that. So I guess there are people out there who say that they're introverts, but they can be extroverts depending on the situation that they're in. And I think I could be that person, right? And and I've been that person before. So, but I'm usually that person that you'll find at an event, you know, sitting somewhere by myself or sitting maybe with a few people and just talking to those two or three people that I'm with rather than, you know, with a whole group. But listen, if if I'm asked to talk on stage, if I'm asked to talk, you know, and do a presentation, I will do it. And because my energy is focusing on what I'm working on and not on people. And I think that's the difference um, in, in what ex- introverts and extroverts are. But anyways, let's get, let's get past this point because um, I've talked a lot about it. But hopefully I think that helps a lot of you understand the differences between introversion and extroversion. And, and that, you know, it, introverts can be just as talkative and, and just as uh, outgoing and friendly as extroverts. But the energy source is different for us. So, yeah, so I mean, and I think that's the reason why I'm an introvert. So let's go back to that story because I was, like I said, I was constantly made fun of as a child. So I didn't really have a social life. I didn't have people that were always around me. And then I ended up, um, you know, kind of being alone a lot, you know, like, I mean, other than my mom, of course, um, and uh, we used to live with my uncle. So other than them, um, it was always you know, kind of like me being by myself. And, you know, sometimes if somebody was going to come over, I would be happy. We would hang out and talk again one-on-one. But if I was out in a group or a party, it's like the next day I was tired and my energy was drained. But I also didn't like going to um, events and, and parties that we would go to because, um, again, over there too, people were making fun of me. I had people making fun of me in my own community. I'm Indian Pakistani and I'm a Muslim. So you got it. You know, and and so my community is based of Indians and Pakistanis who are Muslim, and also Indians who are not Muslim. Um, and so because that's my culture, right? It's my culture, and it's who I am. And so even in in in, in this culture, it's still something that is difficult for me to be in because I had a lot of people within my own community, within my culture, also. Uh, make fun of me and not really accept me for who I was. And I think that was the bottom line. And listening to them telling me things like, well, you're fat, you're ugly, you can't do things, you're not good enough. And I was always a people pleaser. I was always that person that was, you would see me, if I went to an auntie's house, you would see me, I would be, uh, you know, up and in the kitchen, helping out, getting things together, putting things on the table for the guests and everything. So you would see me doing that. And it was just kind of my way, I think, of hiding from people. I didn't really want to deal with people. I didn't want to deal with people making fun of me. Um, I didn't want to. I didn't want to hear negative talk and discussions about me. And it was very hurtful. You know, my mom tried very hard to stop that from happening. And you know, they would even say things to her. And so I think these things kind of led me to, at some point, think of myself in a very negative way. And I would think of myself and go, Oh, well, you know, I re- maybe they're right because I'm not good enough if I have you know, a collective amount of people saying this to me, 
then it's truth. But the reality is it's not truth. And I want you to think about that. It's part of amplifying our potential is to discern ourselves from what's really true to what's really not true. And I want to say it like this. If it's true and you have a lot of people coming to you saying things about you, then you have to kind of think, well, is it really truth? Or are they seeing something because they believe it? Right? It's about what their belief is, not what your belief is. It's their belief. Now, it's one thing if, you know, people behave a certain way and everybody is going, oh my gosh, you know, like this person is really acting, you know, um, very stuck up or very, you know, loose or whatever the situation is. And, you know, the person might be acting that way. Well, maybe you don't know what they're doing. You don't know. Are they really acting loose? Are they really acting like they're stuck up? They might not be. They might be going through something and they just don't want to talk to somebody. They might look like they're loose because you happen to see them hanging out with with maybe bad company, but that doesn't mean they're hanging out with them. Maybe they happen to just stop there and give somebody something or they were trying to warn their friend to be careful. You don't know that. We don't know what goes on in people's lives. And so for us to sit and assume things about others and for us to go and think, oh, well, this person looks this way, so this is how they are. You don't know that and you should never, ever tell somebody that they are not able to do something or that they look a certain way and that they're not acceptable in in society. And the thing is, and I always say this to people, and and I will always tell this, if you want to amplify yourself and you want to amplify your potential and you want to magnify that capability of yours, you want to be good leaders, you want to be good workers, good employees, you want to be good at things, you want to have your own successful business, you have to stop listening to people. You have to stop listening to people and you have to stop getting their advice. Not everybody in your life, and this is something I learned the very hard way, not everybody in your life is the right person for you. Case in point. So when I was younger and I was um, in my 20s, I'm not in my 20s now, but if you look at me, I look like I am. (laughs) So I will not reveal my age. But um, yeah, so in my early 20s, I remember um, I had some very well, what I thought were good friends of mine, um, one from high school, and then one um, that I met during my college years. And we were very close. We would see each other all the time. We were always hanging out. We were always, you know, talking to each other on the phone. I mean, we were always in touch. However, um, because of that person that I was, the people pleaser, the person who wanted everyone to like her, they used me. And they lied at the same time. They were both pathological liars. So the funny thing is both of them didn't really know each other until I introduced them both, but they were both pathological liars. And I found this out because I had one, well, one was a user. She was using me a lot and then she was always exaggerating things. So that led me to, to understand that she was really truly not um, an honest person. I don't think she was authentic to herself. And so she wasn't authentic to me or to other people. And she flip-flopped between her friends. Cause at one point she was like, Oh, you know, like, you know, these are my best friends and, 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 you know, I really love them. But then the minute that they didn't want to accept her for that time being, they shunned her. And instead she ended up like shunning them back, like saying, well, I don't want to have nothing to do with them. But then when the time came, she still ended up going back to them again. There's a lot of that flip-flopping, even though those people weren't good for her. And I knew that they weren't good for her because I felt it. I could sense it. And um, and she knew it. And she even told me herself, but yet she still went back to them. 
Um, and then afterwards, you know, she was taking advantage of me a lot. So she would always ask me to do things for her. And me being that people pleaser that I was, someone that didn't set boundaries, I was like, absolutely, I would love to do that for you. Yeah, I'll do it. And um, I was always there for her to the point where even her husband, her well now ex-husband, um, where her her husband her ex-husband um was even asking me, Hey Asia, can you um, you know, spend some time with my wife? You know, she went through some things, she lost her purse, she got fleas um that she's dealing with. She's she's going through a lot of stuff, you know, we just moved and I just want to make sure that, you know, she's got, you know, she's got her friend with her. And I think that moment was what led me to say, Oh heck no. It was a very profound moment for me. And I remember that. Um, and as I'm talking about this, I can actually clearly vividly see um, that email in my mind and, and just everything that happened. And so after I got that email from him, um, I didn't reach out to her. If she wanted to reach out to me, she's going through something. She should reach out to me. I didn't reach out to her. And so... But it, it bothered me because I didn't like how that was going. And then she was upset with me too because she, at the time I was in law school. So she was asking me to basically break the state bar's um, rule that says you're not licensed, so you cannot practice law by telling her and giving her advice on a legal situation that was happening with her ex-sister-in-law. And I told her, no, I said, listen, I can't do that. I can't give you advice because... If I'm giving you advice and and something happens because you took that advice, like that's gonna bar me from getting the state from getting my license from the state bar. I wouldn't be able to sit for the bar exam. Anyways, I never finished law school. That's a whole different story for another episode. Um, I didn't finish law school. I was just there for a year and a half and then I decided to go a different route because it wasn't what I wanted. Um, but anyways, she was asking me that. And I was I told her, I said I can't do that because that's going against what we're being told. We cannot we cannot practice law without our license. I can't give you legal advice because if I give you something like that as a legal advice and you take it and then something happens, then you're going to try to come after me and then you're going to end up reporting me to this, this to the state bar and the California state bar will not even allow me to sit for the bar, let alone get my license. I can't, I can't do that. And our instructors have also told us not to do that. But she was adamant about it and I kept telling her no. I kept saying, I can't do that. She didn't like hearing no. See, so one of the things that I love about when you set boundaries and you start to say no is other people who take advantage of you and want to go beyond your boundaries, like they want to push your boundaries, they will always try to find a way to push it to the point where you have no choice but to say yes to them. And I was saying no, and I continued to say no. So then I said, you know what, listen, we need to get together and have maybe like um, a lunch date and we need to have a conversation. We need to talk. And I think this was the first time that I saw myself really magnifying my own potential, you know, being someone that could stand up for myself because I wasn't doing that before. Because before I was always people pleasing. She wasn't the only one. There were other people who were also taking advantage of me. And I had to get away from them. I had to find a way to get away from it all. And you know, the thing is, the funny thing is this. Sometimes those friendships fizzle out because of the fact that you get to a point where you just don't want to be taken advantage of. Rather than saying some, something to somebody or telling them, well, this is not going to work out, blah, blah, blah. It's just better to walk away. 
because they're never going to understand. In this situation, when I asked my then best friend to meet with me for lunch, we met at Rubio's and I had a conversation with her because I believe that true relationships, if you really want to work it out, then you will try to work it out. And if you don't want to work it out, then you don't. And this was kind of my, that first attempt of mine. I wanted to see if I could talk to her about how I felt about the way that she was treating me and also the fact that her husband's even asking me to be there for her when he should be the one being there for her. He's the husband. Like, this is your job. You're his, you're, you're her husband. You should be there for her. She needs you. You're his, she's your wife. Um, and I did tell him that by the way, but it, it, it was something that needed to be addressed along with other things. And I do believe in addressing things sometimes though. And I will be honest with you in some friendships, if they fizzle out, there's really nothing to address because they naturally either fizzled out um, or it was just something that, you know, maybe they didn't want to hear your, your side of the story or you didn't want to hear their side of the story and it was a done deal. And I, I believe that you've got to hear people's stories anyway. So I, I do do that. And there are times where I've just walked away from friendships because they weren't serving me in my highest good. That's what it is. When you want to really magnify this potential, you have to look and see, are these people in my life, people that I want as part of that circle of influence? Are these people supportive of me? Are these people there for me? Are these people, people that I can count on for the rest of my life? If you ask yourself these questions and you find yourself saying, no to these questions. No, they're not this. No, they're not supportive. No, they're not serving my highest good. No, they're, they, they, they always say negative things to me. Then maybe these are people you need to start staying away from. They're not people that you want to be with or around. And sometimes it's not easy to talk to that person about how you feel because a lot of times they might not understand. And you can also kind of see from their behavior because if you've tried to talk to them before and they kind of reacted or they changed the subject on you and they didn't want to talk about it, then you could try as much as you want. But if they're not ready to listen to how they're making you feel and they wanted to make it all about them, then maybe these are people you want to stay away from and just walk away from slowly. Um, and I'll, I'll talk about this in a minute, but when you have toxic friendships, um, you have to start looking at how these friendships are affecting you and the way that you're living your life. And I did that with her. Again, I was in my early 20s when all of this happened. And I said, listen, um, I this isn't something that I I think, you know, I would like to be, a, you know, partaking in as far as our friendship. Because I feel that um, when you ask me to do something or you're asking me for favors, you're taking advantage of me. Because when I need you to be there for me, and I said this to her, when I need you to be there for me, I've never seen you be there for me. I have never seen you be supportive of me. In, in the things that I, I'm doing. And she listened to me. And then, and she was like, yeah, you know, she goes, well, you're, you know, you're right. You make a valid point. So at least I was good. You know, she did say that she acknowledged where I was coming from. And she was like, well, it looks like we, you know, you, you, we, you've aired things out and, and you, you're letting me know kind of where I stand. And I said, you know, I just cannot be your best friend. I'm like friends, that's fine, but I can't be labeled as a best friend. Because there's a lot of expectations. When you label your relationships and friendships like that, expectations come in the way. And I had to learn very quickly at that time that you should never expect anything from anybody. Like if you give somebody a gift, don't expect that another person's going to give you a gift as well. You know, you're doing it because you want to and it's from the bottom of your heart, not because you're expecting something from them. 
that was a lesson that I needed to learn to amplify my potential was to stop thinking about how other people should be doing things for me and rather for me to think about doing things from the heart, which I always did. I would always do it from the heart, but to have that slight expectation of, oh, we know, I really hope that they do something for me. I really hope that this happens. No, don't do that. Because if they don't do something for you that you want them to do, if they're not there for you and they're not supportive of you, like you've been to them, uh, then, you know, you're, you're putting an expectation on this relationship that not only causes a burden on you, but it also causes an implied burden on them. And a lot of times they will never want to follow through because they don't feel the same way about you. And I'm just being really honest because this is what I've seen from friendships that I've had, from people that have taken advantage of, of me because I was a people pleaser. And until I started setting boundaries and started saying no, I I didn't know what pushback was. Like I said, she was push she was pushing me back because she wanted me to give her advice. She wanted me to help her. And I told her I couldn't do that because this was unfair. I'm not, I'm not a, a, a an attorney. I can't give you legal advice. And so, I mean, and that's when things were downhill because I had to realize at that moment, wow, she's asking me to break the law. She's asking me to break the rules that the state bar has put for, for students to let them, and for people in general, like you can't just give somebody legal advice. Like you can't just get up off the street and give somebody advice legally because if they take it and then something happens, then it's, it's a mess up for you. And for them, it'll be a mess as well. And why would you want to do that? Why would you want to jeopardize somebody's career and future if you know that they can't do that for you? And the fact that she was wanting to do that gave me that big, huge ding, ding, ding. You need to you need to have a conversation with her. And I let her know that. I told her about that. I told her how I felt about everything. I told her how I felt about that and the friendships and expectations that I ended up having. And she did say, you know, I'm sorry I didn't live up to those expectations. And I realized at that moment, too, I shouldn't have had any expectations. So it's a two-way street, right? But I felt very hurt from her, um, just from the way that she had been using me. I wanted her to know that. And she acknowledged me. And we went our, you know, we we left, you know, our lunch together. And she emailed me that day saying, you know, um, you've aired everything out. Um, I'm glad that, you know, we were able to meet. So you were able to discuss everything with me and how you felt. She's like, you know, um, I am willing to work on this friendship. I'm willing to see what we can do and where we can go from here. But you know what? Unfortunately and sadly, she never worked on a relationship. Like she said she was willing to do that, but she never did. And that let me know the type of person that she was because she knew she couldn't get what she wanted from me. She knew that her days of using me was over. She just, she couldn't actually work on building a real authentic relationship. Um, And it was very hurtful for me because I had hoped that, you know, we could both still continue to be friends. I just wouldn't have a label for it. And, and that way I wouldn't have any of those expectations. But again, this was in my twenties and I learned, I learned a lot. And, and she also lied to me about a bunch of things I found out about later too. So that was a whole different ball game that I did discuss with her too. And, uh, she acknowledged it and that was about it, but that's it. Um, I had another friend the same year and really within the same time frame too, of my friendship being broken with, with, with my first best friend or friend, <laughs> the second one who is my, who I also consider was my best friend, her and I had a falling out and that was because she lied. So she was very, she lied about our friendship. Right. And so apparently she calls me her best friend or that was what she was, you know, we would call each other and we were always, you know, hanging out together and stuff. But what I found out was 
that she has started lying about me to her friends. I don't know her friends. I don't know who anyone is. She was telling me about her friends one day and I said, oh, you know, I said, listen, just, you know, that's great. I want, you know, just be, just, you know, as a sister, because we taught, we taught of each other as sisters. That was how close our relationship was. I was like, listen, just, you know, make sure that you're being observational, just observe, you know, and see how they are before you jump into building a relationship further. That's it. Just a friendly warning, like not even a warning, but just like a sisterly advice, like, you know, be friends with people, but just observe, be an observant and just look and see how they are. How do they behave? How do they act? All that stuff. Because I always believe that when you, and this, this was even after, you know, I, I had that, that falling out with the other friend I just talked to you about. I was after that, I really realized which we, what, what we really need to be doing is we need to be observing others. We need to look at their attitudes. We need to look at their behaviors. We need to see how they are because that actually helps us to see if these are people we want to stay friends with, we want to build relationships with, or if these are people that are red flags and we need to, you know, run the hell away from them. Right. That's kind of like what I think. Well, you know, that was it. I didn't say nothing to her. Other than that, I didn't say to her, don't be friends with these people. I never gave her anything, no ultimatums or anything like that, because that's not, I'm not that type of person at all. What I thought was really interesting was that she pretty much lied about me on her, at the time MySpace was so popular, (laughs) MySpace. And so she went on MySpace and she lied about me to her friends. Again, I don't know who her friends are. I've never met them. I don't even know their names. I don't know nothing about them. I just know that she made some new friends. She was telling me about them. And I said, oh, okay, that's great. You know, just make sure, you know, you're being observational. Just, you know, continue to take care of that. Take care of yourself, you know, whatever. That's it. Nothing else. And um, I guess she didn't like that or her friends didn't like that. And uh, they, she went ahead and she told this girl, I don't even know what her name. I don't even know who she was literally on MySpace. And and the way I found this out was because I had a message forwarded to me from her account. And I guess a hacker must have gone into her account. I don't know. But it was really interesting because when I heard it, I not heard it. When I saw it, I was like, wow, what the hell? So yeah. So apparently she had been lying about me the whole time to her friends and telling them things like, oh, well, I'm not friends with Ostia. Ostia made an ultimatum. One day we were hanging out and she she did an ultimatum with me and she told me to choose between her and you guys. And I told her I'm choosing you guys. And I was like, when, when did this event occur? Did this occur in some alternate space that I don't know about? Because as far as I know, you and I did not hang out. Um, I never said anything about an ultimatum. What is this? So I caught her on that. And I literally told her, I said, listen, I just found this out. I got this message from you, or I guess from someone that might have been in your account and you are speaking about me to this person. I don't even know who this person is. And you're saying to them that we had hung out together and I was giving you an ultimatum. Can you explain to me which day this was and when this happened? And she was like, oh my gosh, no, 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 that wasn't true at all. I was just saying that to her, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, no, but why would you say that? No, I was just saying that to her. Why? How does she know me? I don't even know who she is. So she was trying to justify what, why she was saying that. And she's like, well, yeah, but you were like telling me that I need to watch my back. And I said, no, I was telling you to just be observational like anybody would. And I would say, I said that to you because I thought of you as my sister. Like we were that close. I didn't mean anything else from it. 
you know, I was just being protective because I can be like that. I can be protective. And maybe that's something, again, I need to work on more, not to be as protective because I can be protective of, of, of the people that I love, you know? And she, she was like, well, you were saying that. No, I didn't say it in a way that was malicious. I don't even know who your friends are. And the fact that you're talking about me to your friends behind my back and saying things about me that I didn't even know about and even making up events that never happened, you're a pathological liar. And I let her know that I said, you're a pathological liar. I can't be friends with you. And so that was it. She tried to apologize to me, but that apology wasn't worth it. And the reason why was because if you already lied like that, you're going to lie again. And I can't have that in my life. I can't have people in my life that are using me and abusing me, talking ill about me behind my back and lying about me to people that I don't even know. So that was the end of that friendship. But those two events right there let me know what I needed to work on for myself and who I needed to have in my life and who I needed to stay away from. Who were the people that I needed to set boundaries with and who were the people that I knew were people that I could be there for and who could be there for me. I believe in supporting people. And I think one of the ways, and this is something actually I talked about in a model I created on overcoming imposter syndrome. Um, One of the second steps of my model is support systems. You can't have a support system if you don't have people in your life that are supporting you. And you have to be other people's support systems too, right? For us to be able to build these authentic relationships and friendships, we need to be able to do that. And we can't do that if we are not being true to ourselves and if we are not being authentic to ourselves. And in these two situations right here, that's what I saw, that they weren't being authentic to themselves. And so in turn, they weren't being authentic to me. But at the same time, I saw my my flaws, which were I was too busy trying to be a people pleaser. So I wasn't seeing all the red flags that were already there for the last few years. And at the same time, I was still also thinking about how I wanted people to like me and to get over this whole stigma of, oh my goodness, and people don't like me. They think I'm fat. They think I'm a certain, I'm ugly and I, I should look a certain way and this and this and this. Or I'm not good enough for that. I can't do this. So I was coming in with my own thoughts about who I was into these relationships. And I wasn't thinking very confidently about myself. So you can see that when you start to think very low of yourself, you don't have confidence and self-esteem. Other people are very quick. People like that, they're leeches. They're very quick to jump and take advantage of you and to hurt you and to even try to harm you in a way that you don't even know about. So I wouldn't want to have these people in my life. I wouldn't even want to travel with them. Um, Have any of you heard of the Shankula Robinson story? I don't know if you have, I might want to do an interview about the Shankwella Robinson story with somebody on this podcast, because I think it's it's such a, an interesting story because Shankwella Robinson was this, um, I think she was like 25, 24, 25 years old woman, black uh, woman, beautiful, really, really successful, getting her success up in her career. You know, she was the only daughter of her family. She wanted to make her parents proud. And she went on a, on a Cabo trip with six of her friends. They call them the Cabo Six. She went on this trip and her friends, she thought she was going to, she was going because she was celebrating her friend's birthday. She wasn't, she she didn't know that she wasn't celebrating somebody's birthday. Rather, she was going there because they were going to kill her. They had made plans to harm her and kill her because they were jealous of her success. They were jealous of who she was and who she was becoming. So they, they 
in their mind, they were like, well, we're going to kill her off. So they were, they came into her hotel room. They were beating her up. They were doing all kinds of things to her to the point where she was killed. The doctor comes in and they didn't even let the doctor take her to the hospital. They just said, no, no, whatever you got to do, do it here in the room. So a lot of stuff going on with this case that I'm still learning about and updating myself about. But what really shook me to the core with this case was the fact that you could actually have enemies around you. You don't even know about it. They they might be clapping for your success, but secretly being so jealous and envious of you that they want to ruin you and harm you in whatever way they can. So I think that in order for us to amplify our potentials, we need to look very, very carefully. And again, I'm going to give all of you the same advice. Observe the people that are around you. Observe the relationships you have with people. Look and see if these people are the type of people you want to have in your life or you don't want to have in your life. You know, Look at the red flags because everybody gives a red flag. If you look very carefully, people do give red flags. If they're not authentic to you, they're not authentic to themselves. Sorry, I have a little bit of a cold. So if I sound weird, I'm just, I'm still under the weather and I'm trying to recover right now. But yeah, they are not being authentic to themselves. If they're not being authentic to themselves, they're not going to be true to you at all. So don't count on their support. And so I would be careful. Be careful who, with what you say to people. Be careful with what you talk about with others. Just be careful. You could have colleagues that are showing professional jealousy towards you. I know that. I've, I've, I've felt it. I've seen it. I've experienced it. And it's a very sad thing when you have people that are doing that towards you and you're, you don't have anything like that against them at all. Your heart is not malicious towards them. You're not envious or jealous of anybody. You're just trying to live your life to do what you need to do. And you're supporting other people along the way. But when you've got other people that are hating on you and you're like, why? I didn't do nothing to you. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with them. So please be aware of that. You know, think about that. You are a potential leader. You are you are working for yourself. You might be working for a company. Um, you are a leader in your own right. And that's the whole point of Amplify Your Potential. It's to help you to be a leader. It's to help you to... Look at areas that you want to work on to improve yourself. It's to help me because I created this podcast, not just, you know, because, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a fun thing to do. Of course, you know, podcasts are fun, but no, I did this because I want to learn from you and I want you to learn from me and from my guests. And I want to learn from my guests. I want to learn the things that they have accomplished, how they got about doing it, what kind of support systems did they have? Um, what did they do to make changes in their lives? That's what I want to do. And that's what I want you to do too on this journey. So welcome to Amplify Your Potential podcast. Please hit the subscribe button or the follow button. If you're on Spotify, if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you're on Google, whatever podcast stream you use to listen to your podcasts, you will find this podcast there. Hit the subscribe or the follow button. I think some of them have still have the subscribe button and some of them have the follow button. So you, you either one of them it's fine, but just hit the subscribe and follow buttons. Make sure that you hit the bell icon. I think some of them have a bell icon. So anytime I upload a new podcast episode, you know exactly when a new episode is coming on. Okay. Please do that. It would mean the world to me. And if you enjoy the podcast, if you like what you have to hear, if you like my guests, Please, please, please leave me five-star reviews. I would be so eternally grateful. And listen, I've got a lot more stories for you. 
I've got a lot more stories for you about people I've encountered that I will talk about here because it all leads to me learning more lessons. And I want those lessons that I've learned to be taught to you, to help you to magnify yourself and amplify that potential so that wherever you go, you've got these amazing lessons behind you and you're able to do what you got to do to not only build great relationships, but to be good leaders and to live life and enjoy it the best way that you can. 1% at a time each day, just as James Clear says in his book, Atomic Habits. If you haven't read his book yet, I highly recommend reading it. Atomic Habits is a great book. One I could not put down. And he really talked a lot about how we can build ourselves to be a better versions of ourselves each and every day. And and that would just be 1% at a time. And that's what I'm here for, to help you be better versions of yourselves while I'm helping me be a better version of me All of us doing it 1% at a time each day. When we get to that 100% mark, we're good to go. If you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm on Instagram. I've got a few Instagram handles you can follow me on. I'm also on LinkedIn. I will leave those uh, links on the description in the podcast. So feel free to click on those, follow, and subscribe to my podcast. I can't wait to talk to you more. And I will talk to you all on the next episode of Amplify Your Potential podcast. Again, I'm your host, Dr. Asya Ghazi, and I can't wait to talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. 